everyone. Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today we're talking about digital marketing and I'm really excited about this because today's guest is Chris Burns. He is a serial entrepreneur, author, a um, adjunct professor, digital marketing coach, a podcaster, and a consultant. He does a lot, but he's been doing this for over 20 years. And over the years, he's really just gotten good at making things like really simple and easy for people. So they have no excuse but to just execute because it's like, it's not complicated. People make things complicated, but Chris comes in, makes it simple so we can execute. And I'm really pumped about this because I have the same viewpoints. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm amazing. Always good. Thanks you for, thank you for having me. Heck yeah, dude. So I'd love to just kind of kick this off by asking you, what made you decide to become an entrepreneur and ultimately get into like the digital marketing space, being an expert in that? Yeah, so I'll try to give you a Cliff Notes version. Um, I think I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur some way, shape or form. I remember when I was a kid, um, when, when someone asked me what I did, I think I was like 10, they're like, what do you want, want to do? And I'm like, I want to own my own food, like potato chip company. Some random weird answer. <laughs> Most people are like, I want to be a doctor or a firefighter. Yeah, never. <laughs> now, my, daughter, my daughter asked me that recently. We're looking at Halloween costumes. She's like, Daddy, did you ever want to be a cop? And I said, no, like, I respect the police officers, but I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think it's because I grew up in and around a family business. But where marketing started for me was high school. I remember my senior year being just kind of an average student at best. My guidance counselor said, well, if you want to go to college, you need to take some classes that'll be reflective of what you want to study. And she's like, what do you like? I'm like, well, I like business, I like entrepreneurship. So I took business law, I took marketing. And I said, but what's marketing? And she said, well, you get to go on a class trip to New York City. Okay. You get to work in the school store. And you can do this sales competition in DECA. And I was like, oh, I like sales. I've been around sales as a teenager. So let's do that and never look back. It was one of the first times in school as a student where I, I enjoyed going to class. I knew after that immediately I wanted to study marketing in college and I did. And I worked in and out of um, a family business and every job after that had, if not everything to do with marketing, had a lot to do with marketing. And honestly, I graduated in 05. There was no such thing as digital marketing. I mean, you could, yes, you could have a website, you could run Google ads, you could do email marketing. That was about it. Their banner ads were just becoming a thing. There were no influencers. There wasn't even blogger outreach campaigns. And so most of everything I learned was self-taught. And when I started to run ads and put out YouTube videos, I was like, whoa, like you mean to tell me in a matter of a couple of weeks, I can reach 10,000 people for free just creating a video? Or, you know, I, I would dive into YouTube videos to learn about SEO. And then I'd go into my site and I'd change keywords and meta descriptions. And I'd look at the analytics and I thought, how is this possible? 20% increase in web traffic. So I just became a student of the game and I immersed myself and um, just kind of continued that success as I kind of transferred from job to job uh, throughout my young career and fell in love with it. And it really, when I when I started working for a social media agency about 10 years ago, that's where I had this big aha moment. And I realized that I could build my business off the back of all these social media platforms in Google. And I've kind of realized that the businesses I own today, like I own a party bike business, a fleet and safety business, a marketing business, they're all really marketing companies at the end of the day, because 
we're marketing for attention, attention to earn business. And so I've just kind of looked at it as, yeah, this is a marketing business that's trying to attract customers. And so um, it, it's always fun. There's a challenge of learning what's next and what's new. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I like how you're just like total black sheep. Like most, most kids aren't thinking about marketing and sales and stuff, but growing up in a family where you have more of like business owner kind of parents, like it makes sense that you would feel that way as a kid. Um, and that's cool. You just kind of like, I like what you said about just like perfecting the craft, you know, and kind of falling in love with the craft. And I think that's really important to just get better and better at it. I'm curious because you've been in the game for a very long time. Like you said, when digital marketing wasn't really a thing, banner ads, all that stuff. And then you're making these small tweaks, make a video, getting thousands, like tens of thousands of views and tons of web traffic, totally free. I feel like nowadays things have really changed because so yeah. many people obviously are getting into the game and like everybody's teaching everything now. So it's a lot more competitive. And I'm just kind of curious, like what do you feel is still the same when it comes to marketing a business? And what do you feel is like different when it comes to like digital marketing nowadays? Yeah, well, I would say a lot of it is still the same at its core. So uh, some people shake their head at me when I say this, but when it comes to social media specifically, good social media is good social media. What worked then for the most part still works now. It's just that now we have a lot more options. And now what really works the best didn't exist then. So for example, what works the best in social media is vertical video. And for those of you listening, maybe not watching, it is when your phone is in the vertical upright position. And when I say vertical video, I mean very loosely TikToks, Facebook and Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, even Snapchat, any vertical video. And that why it's important is because that's what the consumers want. And because that's what the users on the platform want, that's what the platforms want in the algorithm. And so I'll just give you a quick little example. Um, I was tasked to, to speak at an event. This was, I think, last fall. And so about a year ago now, they said, well, we really want to talk about trends. And I didn't want to pull data from the internet. I wanted to have my own experiment. And I had about two months to do this. So I compared for my small seasonal party bike business, um, Instagram photo posts to Instagram reels. And I kid you not, the reach of the post, the vertical video posts of so the reels were 6,000 times greater Wow. And the photo posts. And these are nice photos, thoughtful captions. I mean, I was getting maybe 60, 50 people to reach and see the photo. And the engagement was over 3,000 times greater. So my business went from only being able to reach the people who follow my page, because as you know, organic reach is less than 10%. I mean, some people are reporting 5%. Yeah, that means that, less than that. <laughs> yeah, that basically means if you're listening that 5% of your followers might even see your post, which is very frustrating. But why would you continue to do that and beat your head against the wall only to have your friends and family essentially like that post when you could just take that time, create one or two videos a week and do the same thing, but reach thousands, tens of thousands of people more. Right. And that that's what's different is we are now living in a video first world and you can continue to post all that stuff you're creating in Canva. And by the way, you should still do a little bit of that, but I would take most of that time and I would put it into video. 
But good content is good content. Good messaging is good messaging. Good copywriting is good copywriting. And oh, by the way, even though like on YouTube, you have a hundred character limit for your shorts, you still need to be thoughtful because what you put in there vastly de is determined by the algorithm, by who they show it to and how many people they show it to. So um, what at the end of the day, you need to be thoughtful with your copy and you need to produce good content that has a purpose and that is valuable for your audience. And whether that's a photo, a video, a blog post, whatever, it has to be valuable. Otherwise, eventually your followers will tune you out. So we talk about the things that are still the same. All those things are vastly important. It's just that now we as marketers have more options. There are more platforms that exist, but if you're continuing to produce valuable content that's interesting for your followers, you're still going to have good engagement. You're still going to have growth. We just have to be more diverse and we have to have more verticals to, to, to work with to be able to reach more audiences because we, we can't be a one trick pony anymore. Right. For sure. No, I really like that. And I think it's important to think about like just where and for us as business owners and because everybody has to kind of be a marketer in some way, even if you're not like digital marketing is my thing, like everyone should learn marketing and just pay yeah. attention to the different platforms you want to go on and notice what they're really pushing. Because like you said, you know, with reels, that has become huge because TikTok exploded. TikTok, like that's all they really do. They don't really, it's all video, vertical video. But Instagram, Facebook, they have different posts and then they have reels as an extra part, but they're trying to compete with TikTok, you know, because that's kind of like the giant right now. So they're really pushing attention on that. And that's a big reason why those normal posts aren't getting as much attention as reels because the algorithm wants more of that type of content on the platform. So I think yeah. it's important for people to pay attention to. I want to repeat something you just said that's really important that I think a lot of people probably just glazed over is you said TikTok is the giant. And that, that is probably true. Definitely not from a revenue standpoint, but when you look at the, the user shift, there are as many people as like my wife and I in our 40s, a lot more people are using TikTok and the amount of time they spend on the platform is insane. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of parents middle-aged like us it, it is unbelievable. Now, Facebook and, and Instagram are competing, but YouTube, by the way, YouTube, every little kid has a device. That is the number one place for attention. Kids today hardly watch television. Like pr program TV, like Nickelodeon, no way. I mean, it, it is still there, it, it is still popular, but streaming platforms are probably number two to, to, to YouTube. So if you're looking for a place to reach younger people um, and even adults like us, I'm posting YouTube shorts all the time because to me, I, I that is the best place for me right now for my, my uh, leadership podcast and for everything else. I'm like 10X better, but also that's where everybody is. That's why like they're getting the attention. So I think you gotta go to where your audience is. And like I said before, with all these options, um, don't be surprised by that. So if you're continually posting to Facebook and you're like, oh, well, reach is going down and engagement's going down, it's because people aren't spending the depth of time there they used to. And I, I look and reflect upon my usage of platforms. It's definitely gone down. It's just, I log in today and I log in tomorrow. I feel like I see the same crap. I really do. And I told yep. my wife this and it's like, what's the point of staying? I get a lot of really good relevant ads that I like. But pretty soon here, 
once all the political stuff starts to infiltrate, you will see a lot of people say, I'm out. I don't want this political stuff. And you'll see more and more people shift to platforms like YouTube and TikTok. And so we have to kind of think about where these shifts are happening and what's going to happen in the future. Some things we can predict, some we can't. Totally. And I think like, you know, for my audience, like we're teaching things or you aspire to teach things online and teaching the other side of that is learning. And when people want to learn something, what do they do? They go to Google or YouTube first thing, you know, like absolutely as Gary Vanderchuk said, Google's your mom. You know, you ask a question, you go straight to Google and ask it and then you can get a ton of answers. But what's cool about YouTube as well is why I put a lot of emphasis and I have a YouTube coach and and just really focusing on that is that you can make YouTube videos and not even make blog posts, like just post YouTube videos. And if I type in like how to bench press or how to do an email campaign or whatever, there's a videos tab for one on Google. And also you can also, depending on what the search is, sometimes they'll pop up YouTube videos above top rated blog posts. So your video could potentially even get up Mm -hmm. above top rated blog posts just from a Google search. And then even in the people also ask the drop down menu, uh, they'll sometimes be YouTube videos down there. So it's like, you just have such a great opportunity and yeah, it's the second biggest search engine. People like, that's why they have YouTube TV. Like people stream yeah. on their TVs just to binge on YouTube. But I want to make a bold statement about that. You're hundred percent right. It is technically number two, but in my opinion, it's actually number one. So people use Google like a taxi, like an Uber as a means to get from point A to point B. And sometimes they have to go to 10 different destinations to find the plumber or the lawyer that they want to hire. But people use YouTube as a search engine and a destination. So they spend a lot of time and they don't leave the YouTube ecosystem. So if you can serve people really good content, they subscribe. So every time they go back on their phone, on their laptop, wherever their TV, by the way, because everybody has YouTube on a smart TV and it doesn't matter if it's Samsung, Roku, whatever, everybody has YouTube and you're going to start to see all that content every time you go on. And the more you create, like I went from, I I gained a hundred followers in this last month on YouTube going from 100 now to 200, just because I've doubled down on shorts and I found some trends that are just crushing it. And so I'm going to keep just pumping out more and more YouTube shorts and more reels and all of a sudden all the long form videos i'm posting are getting more engagement they're getting more reach people are clicking on some old ones and i think what's happening when you look at the algorithm is all of a sudden youtube's like oh this this channel's kind of trending let's show it to more people people are really engaging with their content and you get this snowball effect where you're like i better not give up and that's kind of how motivated i am right now with youtube is i better not because they're rewarding me with all this reach and all this engagement so I better keep it up. And then you get to a certain point where, you know, you, you get that, that platinum plaque from YouTube. It's like, that's, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Same. That's the goal. Um, you've, you've talked a a couple of times you've mentioned it. You said like, if you're creating great content and I'd like to just kind of dive into this real quick with you of what, what do you believe makes great content when we're marketing our business? Yeah, so um, a couple things I want to say that don't make great content because I, I want people to think about, I want you to reflect on what you're currently doing and is this something that's going to resonate with your audience? So people often say to me, they're like, Chris, well, you know, I, I thought the whole purpose of social media was to sell. And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> if you are trying to sell, 
it will not work. And people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, okay, well, do you enjoy advertisements? Do you enjoy being sold? Do you enjoy checking your inbox? Which by the way, I've got already in the last hour, probably have a dozen emails waiting for me from Walmart to Kohl's to name any Target, any big box retailer. They're all running 10 to 15% off. It's all white noise, it's all who cares. I don't care. Free shipping. I can get a free shipping code anywhere if, if it's really not going to move the needle for me. Right. So add value. What do I mean by that? Um, and I'm going to tell you another story just about my personal business is that um, I believe by selling by indirectly selling. So we all need to sell our services, right? We all want to grow. We all want to be profitable and there's nothing wrong with that. But I look at it as if I can position myself as a thought leader and I can add so much value to my followers newsfeed as a byproduct. And this may be six months. This could be three years. People will start coming to me and they'll say, hey, Chris, I can't get you out of my newsfeed in a good way. Um, you're just all over the place. Like I've been watching your videos or I've been reading your blog posts about this or about that. And uh, my company needs a new website. You know, I'd love to love to sit down and talk with you about what that's going to cost us. And so the tables turn. So instead of me cold messaging everybody, which by the way, I despise nothing more. Every day I get like 15 messages from people that want to do my marketing for me. And I'm like, did you we'll send you a hundred new leads every day? Yeah. It's like, okay, I, that's a little audacious. I don't believe anything you say, but anyways, um, now what's happened in not at scale, but it's starting to happen is people are reaching out to me and after I started teaching at a local university, someone called me and they're like, hey, do you want to address my class? I, I'm, a, I'm a professor of marketing in Pakistan. Do you want to come speak? And I said, well, not in person, but yes, I do. Um, do you want to come speak on stage in this conference? Yeah, I, I would love to. And then I start just focusing. I haven't referenced my services. I haven't referenced my pricing once since I've been in the agency world. And that's been about five years ago. And people are like, why? Why would you not? I said, because people know what I do. If you follow me, you know I'm in marketing, you know I'm in the leadership space, and I talk enough indirectly about these things. And I give away so much value that I hope and I think my followers see value in that. And as a byproduct, because I've given them so much, when that need comes for them, they're going to want to work with me. And oh, by the way, I only want to work with people that want to work with me. I don't want to chase clients because the clients that I've chased that I finally got that I worked really hard to get were the worst ones. They beat me up on price. They didn't respect my time. They asked me to do more than what was required in, in the agreement. And so when it comes to that good content, here's a couple of things that I would say you want to focus on is don't just slap stuff together in Canva. Okay, so just because you like it doesn't mean your followers will like it. So take a holistic approach and sit down and say, okay, what are the things that I enjoy in reading, watching, engaging with online? So Gary V, you mentioned him. A lot of my content, not all of it, has a bit of a Gary V flair because I've just found so much value. I like his simplicity, I like how he uses his signature. It's just it's inspirational, it's uplifting, it's positive, and those are things I like to have. There are a few other folks like uh, Bradley. I do a lot of long form podcasting and I turn it into micro content, put it everywhere. Um, and so I really try to show how much I care 
I really try to demonstrate that I'm not holding anything back just because you're not paying me doesn't mean I, I shouldn't give away my free knowledge. I try to demonstrate my passion because I really do. I, I love what I do and I want to help people. And um, ultimately, I, I do try to be a little bit entertaining. I'm not the most entertaining or fun, funny person in the world, but those are some things that are really important. And I'm not necessarily, uh, I, I hate to use the phrase one trick pony, but I don't just create graphic posts. I do a little bit of that on LinkedIn. I do create vertical video. I occasionally will write a long form blog. So I'm mixing it up because I know that that my audience, just like your audience, is comprised of different demographics. So some of the older people like to read. They don't necessarily love the videos. My, my younger audience, they watch video. They have a lot of video consumption. And then there's some in between. It's like, I want some other stuff salt and peppered in. And then just being true to yourself. So if, again, if you can check the boxes on entertaining, education, empowering, and inspiring. You can't do it with every post, but if you can do it overall consistently, you have a winning strategy in marketing. And I stay away from the graphic design posts. I stay away from a lot of the stock photos because you can't demonstrate authenticity. You can't show you, you can't be vulnerable. And that's what it takes to connect with people. If you want to connect with people and want them to connect with you, you have to get in front of a camera. You have to be vulnerable. You have to talk about your why. Talk about your failures, who cares? People can come at you less and less the more you just throw it out there. Right. Right. It's like Eminem and Eight Mile. You just say, look, I failed. I, I messed this up royally, but here's what I learned from it. People say, oh, you know what? Same thing happened to me. I'm so glad to hear I'm not the only one. And then you become real. So don't be afraid. Just get it out there start creating content because as i say to a lot of my clients you can't run a business scared well i'm afraid i'm going to get a bad review or i'm afraid what people are going to think or i'm afraid what people are going to say well then you're going to be invisible and we all know how effective a business is when it's invisible it's not <laughs> yeah no i love that man it's i yeah and i like the emphasis on just like creating value for your audience and I feel like people can make it so complicated, but also just the fact that they are in it with the wrong mindset of like, I'm trying to make sales because like you said, or like, that's not the point. The point is to build a relationship because there are, like you said, so many other options nowadays versus when you started, when people were like just getting started, it's like you were one of the people and, um, you know, it was just like a way lower amount. Now there's so many people under the sun teaching every single thing. And to your point of being authentic, even in teaching points, I think it's really important. I've really put more of an emphasis on this to share stories. And something I like about you, Chris, is even in this conversation, you share those stories of like, let me use a story or an example of me in this time. And I think that that's really important too, because especially yeah. if you're like aiming to be an expert in something, like people can spit facts all day, but when you share stories of like, here's how I use this strategy, and the result that happened for me, and here's some other people that I've worked with that have used the strategy too, and the result that happened for them. And then you're teaching the strategy. It's like, I'm gonna pay a lot more attention to the strategy, but also just the fact that you're sharing this with me shows that you've like walked the path. It doesn't mean you have to be at the top of the mountain per se, but I like right. to say it's like, I'm scaling the mountain with you 
just a little bit ahead being like, Hey, watch your step, you know, as you're climbing until you get to a point where you're like, I have scaled to the top of the mountain. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd argue I'd rather follow the person. And I think it's more interesting to follow the person who's climbing the mountain, who's a couple steps ahead right? rather than the person like Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins or Damon yep. John, who they're, they've been at the top of the mountain for a long time. Right. Cause it, it's cool to see someone's journey. It's cool to see someone grow. And I remember when I started following Gary V probably 10 years ago, he was nowhere near where he is now. Like wine library, a lot of other right? people like that too. Pat Flynn and, and list goes on and on. Was Gary V doing a wine library at the time? Uh, he was just past that. It was, right. it was pretty early on where his brother was still in the business and they were, um, Vayner Media, I think, was still just kind of growing mm. from maybe like 30 or 40 people. And it was just so raw and so authentic and like unplanned. And I loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, authenticity wins, especially nowadays, I feel. And yeah, actually, I was just having a conversation yesterday with a guy who was on the podcast. And um, he was talking about how he had this like huge failure in his business. And he was like really skeptical about sharing it, but some part of him felt that he should share it. And then he told the story on his podcast because we were talking about podcasting and uh, it was like one of the most receptive videos or episodes that he's ever published. And people were messaging him being like, dude, like, thank you so much for sharing that. I've been in a similar situation or thanks for all the insights. So I don't make a same mistake like that in the future or anything like that. And yeah, I think it's really important when you're, you know, emailing your list because it's important to build your list, not just to be pumping facts and stuff like that, but to share challenges that happen in your life or mistakes and lessons learned and share those stories uh, as well. Cause I've, there's times where I've done that people message me back on my emails and they're like, dude, like you're a real person. And I'll get on a call with some of them. And they're like, Hey, I just want to say like, when you sent out that message, I like really just connected with you more. And I felt like I, knew you more, which I think is so important, uh, especially being like more of a thought leader teacher online. Yeah. I, I want to say one more thing on the topic too, and we, we, I could go deep on it, but we don't have to is um, I think too, when you think about marketing, specifically social media, if you really want to grow and, and scale and, and generate some business from it as well, it's important to establish a personal brand. And so many of us are like, yeah, I don't like to be on, in the limelight. I don't want to be the face of my business. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it's really important when you look at any of the Shark Tank people, um, any of the, the business people I mentioned before, people know them before they know their business. Mm -hmm. Like you think about Martha Stewart, she is the brand of Martha Stewart. She is everything. Snoop Dogg, um, Damon John they've been able to leverage that because they're visible, right? They're not invisible like many of us entrepreneurs and business owners. So that might mean posting to your personal pages, um, being active on LinkedIn. But I will say it too, it's also engaging with other people. Yeah. So don't be a poster and ghoster where you're there just to put the content out because then for sure you are definitely just talking at people. You can't expect engagement if you don't reciprocate. And by the way, most engagement is reciprocal. So, you know, unless, you know, you might be immune to it if you're ESPN or a major brand like Taco Bell or Red Bull, but essentially if you're trying to grow and you're just getting off the ground or maybe even a couple years in, you gotta be active. You gotta jump into the conversation and say, thank you even. I mean, just the little things go a long way, like you said. And I think it's important that if, if you have both a personal brand and a business brand on social media, 
you've got two platforms now. You can share it to your personal page. You can share something personal to business and you connect the people who already have an affinity for your company. So this is something that, you know, I have 90 minute talks on, but I think so often when, when you really say I'm dedicated to this and I want to look at innovative ways I can grow digitally, grow your personal brand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to be all over the world. It doesn't mean anything if you don't want it to be, but I do it with podcasts, interviews like this. I do it uh, speaking on stage and I, I try to take advantage of every opportunity I can just to, again, position myself as a thought leader. And, and hopefully I, I come off that way and uh, it takes a lot of baby steps, but in due time, it will definitely pay dividends. Yeah. That's like Alex Hermosi even because <clears throat> he was, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's like the goat. I watched his, uh, the hundred million leads like launch that he did. And he's doing this huge pitch. Everyone's like, he's such a, like, why is he doing this? He's going to sell something like I have nothing to sell you. And then he's like, it's all free. I'm like, if he does that, he's a goat and he did it. Um, super cool guy. But he was saying before, because that's how he was. He didn't want to be the big guy that was making all his content and had like spotlights on him or anything like that. He wanted to just like make a lot of money and stay under the radar and have no one know who he was, which he was doing. And then he met with Dean Graziosi, who was one of his mentors. And his, he was like pushing him to start making content. He's like, but I don't want like to get like the hate and have to deal with all the extra stuff that comes with it. And uh, Dean Graziosi was like, well, that's like how I felt. But if I want to make like as big of an impact as I want to make, I don't care if people dislike what I say. I'm just going to start doing it. Something along those lines. And then Alex started doing it. Now, like, they're so big on content creation and YouTube and all that stuff. But his content is powerful. Oh, it's really um, good. When you, you know, I, to me, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Gary Vee. But the difference is a lot of the stuff that I've seen on TikTok and other platforms, they're 60-second clips. And it, it, it's, there's, there's a psychological component where you're like, whoa, that really hits deep. And it, it's so meaningful that I don't care if you're a multimillionaire or you're an entrepreneur, you're a kid, there is value there for everybody. And it, it's so real and raw and authentic. It's not like, this is what I did or look at me or follow me. It is like, it really gets you thinking it's thought provoking. And that's another thing too, if when you're creating content is how do you provoke thought or provoke emotion? Because when you can attach an emotion or a feeling to what you produce, you have people. And if you can do it consistently, you now have subscribers, you have people who have an affinity for your brand. And when you launch a product, they will want to buy it. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to promote it. You don't have to sell it. You say, hey, I got a book launch or I got a new digital download. People are just going to go download it on their own. It's yeah. just a simple announcement because you've created a tribe by producing valuable content that has an emotion, has, has an impact in people's life. And we just, we all glaze over like, I don't want to do that. That seems hard. Or what are people going to say? Or I'm scared you just, you of gotta, doing it. Yeah. You just got to get over it. And I'll tell you what, I actually, I laugh at some of the comments I get and people say something about, I had a Deion Sanders quotes. I like the Deion stuff that's, that's happening right now. And someone's like, oh, that's racist. And I'm like, Oh, I, I just said, I'm not going to respond. I'm like, yeah. I, I think I might have responded like there's no place for that kind of negativity on this page. And it, it's like, find find the right idea, the concept of the message. And um, people are just jealous. It's just yeah. jealous that you're doing something and they're not. 
Yeah. Well, even still, like I read this from someone else about responding to negative comments. Cause like you said, it's important to engage, but at the same time, like when there's a bunch of negativity, unless you're just like really need engagement, then you can kind of stoke the fire. But typically, mm -hmm. even if you said that, like they're going to rebuttal with something else and like be like, oh, he's sensitive or they're going to do whatever. And it's just going to like frustrate you unless you just really don't care. But like, yeah, I mean, some people are like, just don't respond to the negative ones or you can say something short and just like don't entertain it. You know, just yeah. I think the more important thing is just to, you know, for a better metaphor, like keep your lighthouse going basically and just keep and it by shining. the way. You can ban people from the page. You can block sure. them. So yeah. if someone wants to put stupid comments out there, you can eliminate that in perpetuity. So there's really not much to fear. And sometimes I'll just say, like I said, there's no place for that on this page. Or I think you're missing the point. Or yeah, what's your point? Right. And people usually go go away. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't get into debates or rebuttals. I mean, people usually realize it was a stupid comment and they move on. For sure. Um, Chris, I wanted to ask you, based on your career and you know, over 20 years of entrepreneurship and building multiple businesses and whatnot, what do you wish someone would have told you early on in your journey? Oh, there's probably a lot of things. Um, I think one, I wish someone would have told me that I should have started creating content back in my early 20s when I graduated. Uh, I had produced a few things on YouTube, and I think when I deleted that email, I lost access to the account. And I had a few videos, I think one of which had over 100,000 views and had a, maybe a couple hundred subscribers, which the time was a lot, right? And didn't think a whole lot of it because it didn't seem like it. But I wish I would have stayed true to building a personal brand. Um, I, at the time, though, I wasn't, didn't think I would be a marketing consultant like I am today. Sure. But you can pivot. I mean, I've seen plenty of podcasts pivot subjects completely and they kept their 5,000 subscribers. Like, why wouldn't you do that? So I wish someone would have, would have uh, like a mentor. I wish I had one that, that could have told me, you know, just build, just start it now. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. And, you know, I also wish someone was able to tell me that, you know, you're going to fail and you should you should want to fail because that's where you learn. And I'll tell you, I've failed a lot. I've made a lot of stupid mistakes. Some were just like, oh, well, I should have known better. And some were, I overlook things and I, I should have put more time into that. But I've learned far more from those mistakes than I have from my victories. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would argue you don't learn a whole lot by winning. It's when you step in the mud is like, oh, hmm, should have thought about that one first. And it, it, it makes you stronger. Um, I've also said too that I've let things like imposter syndrome and what are people going to say for years, I, I've, I've let that dictate a lot of things that I did or didn't do. And now um, I don't really care about that stuff. And I coach people on how to get over those things, but it's probably taking action sooner. I, I think that's a big regret that a lot of people have is I wish I would have started this business sooner. I wish I would have been a creator sooner. And whether you like it or not, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be a creator. Otherwise you're, you're invisible. And I would, I just really wish I would have known some of those things, but they call them life lessons for a reason. Right. Yeah. And it's funny cause you don't really have the imposter syndrome now, but you have so much like mental data that just debunks any sort of imposter syndrome that could show up because like you're living proof that you've been able to do it. 
you know, in the stuff that you teach anyway. If it's something totally new to you, then you could feel like you have a lot more. And back then, definitely you felt because you didn't have the skill set or the confidence or the social proof that you have nowadays. Mm -hmm. Cause like if anything like that comes up, it's like, well, look at all the people I've helped. Look at the things I've been able to do for myself. And I think, yeah, what you said is like, just take action and start building. And I work with people who are like just getting started with this stuff. And it's like, just start doing stuff. When I, if you look at my old, like my podcast and go way back, I've been doing this for years and you can see the changes in niches that I made trying to find like my groove and stuff until I got to what I teach now. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting, but it's okay to make those pivots. And it, it was scary for me. It took me a while to actually make the pivot, but you just kind of have to like do it and get on with it. And like we were talking about before we hit record of like, get it good enough and then just get out there, you know, get a good enough foundation and just put it out there with like the content. If you're like, I'm nervous about posting this, like just post it do the best you can post it and do it messy and then you'll get better over time. I want to say something about pivoting though, that I think is really important is um, when I wrote my book, I, I wrote a chapter about status quo. And a lot of times we get to a level where we feel like, and we think we're very successful. And that's great. That's awesome. I, I hope that everybody gets to that level. But as soon as you get comfortable and you stop pivoting or stop evolving, you become stale. And I would argue that if you're not pivoting, you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, change is inevitable and evolution should be inevitable as well, but you should want to embrace that change. And that's one of the things I love about marketing is because I am such a student of the game. I, I just, I love what I do. I love marketing. And so I always have my nose in these different newsletters and I'm subscribed to industry news, listening to podcasts, reading books, and try to educate myself because my, my clients expect me to have those answers or expect me to be able to offer some insight. And I think it would look bad if I didn't. And so my businesses have all evolved. They've all pivoted many times. And we often fear like, oh, well, people are going to think I'm changing because it wasn't working. It's like, no, I'm changing because maybe my passions evolved, right? Mm -hmm. What I do right now, I might not be doing anything remotely close to this in five years from now because the economy might change or my kids have grown up and my interests have changed or maybe I'm helping them start a business. And so you can't worry about the future. It's like I have to adapt now because of X, Y or Z. Well, you should do that, right? That don't worry about what people think. You're doing it for the right reasons. And by the way, market changes, consumer demands change, technology changes. And so, you, yeah, you should be wanting to evolve because the more you evolve, the more technically you're getting closer to the consumer wants and needs. And so it's better for your business. Status quo is basically you're allowing everyone else to continue to get better. And you're just like, I'm good right here. Well, your competitors are probably trying to get better too. So you should want to be one step ahead, if not more. Totally. Yeah. I like the, the phrase that pops into my head is like, the more you learn, the more you can earn. <clears throat> and it's true because the more you learn, like not only do you learn new skills, but you can share that with people and you become more valuable with your clients and you have those answers right away because you're you know, evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm always learning. I am always listening to audiobooks, podcasts, learning from mentors and teachers, this podcast, I get to learn from people as well. It's yeah, literally submerging myself in it all the time and then helping other people. So Killer dude, <clears throat> excuse me. I um I appreciate your time, Chris, and uh, I just love to know like where can people get connected with you and learn more about what you're doing. 
Yeah. So if you want to connect with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is imchrisburns.com. There's actually a link, a book me link on there to Calendly. And I have a 15-minute business audit or marketing audit. So if you want some free time with me, unsolicited, no sales pitch, feel free to check that out. Uh, I'm also most active on LinkedIn personally. So it's linkedin.com backslash in slash Chris B. Burns, two B's in the middle. Otherwise, if if you like what I have to say, I do a podcast almost weekly. It's called Hustle Nation Podcast or hustlenationpodcast.com. We're on all the major streaming platforms. We have a boatload of content on YouTube, ton of videos, um, a lot of inspirational stuff, a lot of leadership stuff. We do talk a fair amount about branding, personal branding and marketing. And uh, I encourage you to check that out as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll put links down in the description. And for the listener, a final note, I mean, we know we obviously covered a lot, usually do. <laughs> but if there's something that's really sticking in your head of like, just start making content, then just start making content. Even if you've been success when you're trying to like keep it under the radar, like start making content and just kind of play around with it, pick a platform. And then I think it's always good just to start with something that feels natural to you. If it's YouTube or TikTok or Instagram reels. And then once you start getting in a rhythm, then you can start to branch out, do other things, maybe doing a podcast. It's kind of cool because it's a little under the radar and uh, you can create a lot of great opportunities with podcasting as well. So there's so much awesome stuff that you can do, but also just helping people and sharing your message. And it's really like we talked about sharing who you are. It really dictates, you know, you could be teaching the same thing as someone else, but if you're more authentic and you deliver great value and you can connect with people better, they're going to choose you even if you're teaching the same exact stuff. So get out there, start making stuff happen, get it good enough, and then just get it out there. Keep taking action and we'll see you in the next one.